0: May the animal-spirited grace of Swan inspire you to paddle with the current instead of fighting against the rapids of everyday life. Notice the flow of grand moments and the intersection between the extraordinary and the ordinary, as well as the perfection within the imperfection. If only we can gently allow ourselves to let it go instead of trying to grasp onto it, whatever it is. Sometimes, all you can do is sprawl out and surrender to the will of the universe and trust that its winds will guide you to where you need to go. We all know the curse of this pandemic, particularly on humanity's plight, but the blessing is also the gift of surrendering among our human kinfolk. A full flower, a.k.a. Sagittarius moon, arrives on May 26, 2021. Not coincidentally, it gets its name from an abundance of flowers that spring forth across North America. When I think of Sag, meditations of fire energy mixed with the new philosophical ways of intuitive knowing resonates in my soul. Also, this full moon is the second consecutive supermoon, the biggest and brightest moon of the year. It is also a total lunar eclipse, meaning that it is fully obscured by the earth's shadow, giving the moon a reddish hue, which is where the term blood moon comes from. Moreover, Please consider the following sacred and geometrical Arcturian wisdom, wisdom via the third wave of positive self-talk mantra. The, 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 the energy world. of third wave makes you aware of your choice to be here on earth, accept who you are on this earth, and your strength will increase. I remember when grandmother talked about being called white trash during her formative years in St. Louis, growing up in abject poverty during the Depression. In fact, she never saw a dentist until she was 18 years old, when she walked in off the street with bleeding gums and the kind folks at the dental office followed their Hippocratic oath and did the right thing. In this day and age it's mind-boggling that our current healthcare system and the wealthiest nation of the world can still be viewed by the establishment as a privilege rather than an entitlement. In the American political scene we can see the at least directly trace this directly trace this oral old-world attitude to the England's Elizabethan poor law of the 1600s If you'd like to delve further check out this link on my blog During her childhood and premarital adolescence grandmother was a member of what sociologist and Harvard professor William Julius Wilson many years later referred to as the underclass in his book the truly disadvantaged the inner city the underclass and public policy When I read this book in college, I learned also by experience that he accurately noted that this underclass was a growing epidemic in our world, as well as in the US. Grandmother being spoken to in a derogatory way was the kind of racial epithet that is analogous to pejorative language to characterize someone who is LGBTQ or BIPOC. Negative self-talk is typically not regarded as helpful, but it is less so when it is spoken aloud with an underlying edge especially. What is with the attitude about the poor and oppressed, that they are deserving of their suffering, should be controlled and punished accordingly. The old world and the status quo of its power structures are being dismantled, white privilege and white supremacy notwithstanding. In fact, a growing number of white people, including white men, are part of this shift in equanimity and consciousness that is of mutual aid to the goose and the gander. We are living in a time where there is too much information, and it does seem to be harder to discover the truth. It is as if we are being asked by the universe to discover the truth on our own individual basis, which is part of honoring our diversity. The unity piece comes in where we can know a collective truth. To do this is re- requires that we are open to relaxing our attachments to the mental boxes that we have bought into. Race and class in America are nothing new. But even in this day and age, we still experience cultural denial that we are having institutional structures in place that are barriers to personal freedom and liberty. For example, some of our friends in Congress are trapped in fake news denial that we have a system in place that is rooted in class consciousness. Dr. King and others fully recognize that we have both intentional and unintentional consequences of discriminatory oppression of certain populations both vis-à-vis legal laws and unwritten rules that are perceived as that's just the way it is. It was never easy to move up the socioeconomic ladder, but grandmother admitted to me that her movement into the middle class during the 50s was made easier for her to assimilate into because of the complexion of her skin tone and white Anglo-Saxon Protestant lineage, in spite of the culture of poverty that she was born into and converting to Catholicism. If anyone could have chosen to stay in denial about her racial privilege as a coat of armor to hide behind, it would have been grandmother. But she never forgot about where she came from and she could not help and did what she could to help others like her get a leg up and be a good role model for overcoming obstacles. Besides, demonizing the oppressor, whatever he or she looks like is not the solution. Overthrowing the government or powers that be will only replace the same tyranny and corruption that you seek to dismantle. This is a cold, hard fact of life that must be understood. The looting and rioting, militarization of the police, the education to prison pipeline, the bloated military that protects the stock exchange under the guise of puppet dictatorships and dirty energy is a recipe for a widening gap between the haves and have nots. For example, I remember the cultural context of African-American culture in America during a time period called the Great Migration when Black folks sought personal freedom by risking their lives to escape from the oppressive Jim Crow South. Part of staying alive and reinventing themselves in a new chapter of life, many secrets were kept to hide from the collective trauma of their shared experiences. A historical debate sprung up about where to focus on the advancement of Black people in the Booker T. Washington camp, blue-collar jobs were seen as a way out of poverty and socioeconomic empowerment. Basically, the belief was that black people could get a leg up if they had access to blue-collar jobs in the trade industry, production, manual labor, etc. Sadly, but understandably, the decimation of the manufacturing base and labor movement have reinforced the truth of this point to appreciate. Opponents of Du Bois bought into the idea of the talent and which posited that the focus for black progress would come from the upper echelon of African-American society via assimilation into a college-educated white-collar world. For those of you that recall the 70s TV show The Jeffersons or 80s Cosby show, you can see that comedic caricatures of these nuances play out in sitcom format. Today, the rise of black middle class reinforces both perspectives, as both camps are true on some level. The real division was in the segregated either-or mindset that mirrors how divided our country is today. So even in Black culture, as in other BIPOC cultures, there are hierarchical structures in place of who is perceived as entitled to privilege and who is not. In fact, people that identified as BIPOC and LGBTQ and know their history understand the experience of passing. For example, you might see yourself as Black, but you could pass as White. Or if you are gay, you could pass as being straight by pretending to be or a trans person who could front as being cisgender or in gender alignment with the sex they were ascribed at birth. But at at some point in the game, waking up to who you are and being allowed to express yourself in, in your true colors is suffocating if you cannot pass as yourself. Meditation on this perspective can help build empathy for another who might walk in different shoes than you do. On the other side of the coin, there is peer pressure to identify as LGBTQ, even if you are not, because it is becoming hip or the chic thing to do. In early adolescence particularly, this can be a form of attention-seeking and over-reliance on peers for identity development. Check out this brief video on being 12, What Are You?, on my blog psychologically albert bandura was the behaviorist and father of social learning theory as the primary medium of personality development in children in short role modeling or monkey see monkey do is how we humans learn abraham maslow maslow on the other hand was known for his pyramid called maslow's hierarchy of needs with basic survival needs at the bottom and self-actualization at the top and some other areas of personal growth in the middle if you don't have equal access to basic resources or feel safe or a sense of community connection or belonging, then it's hard to move into the area of self-actualization. It can be done, but you have to work a lot harder. A more fair and just society is created when incentives are in place for these truths to be held to be self-evident. Of course, a child that is raised in a loving home where they feel wanted and loved reinforces this natural belief to a soul that its inner light can awaken and shine through its form. We are all born into this world with a unique blueprint that is designed to love. Yes, we have our different temperaments and our personalities evolve during our life cycle. What matters is how we work with our core temperaments and evolving personality characteristics. You can be born with an anxious avoidant temperament and insecure attachment with your primary caregiver and without an athletic bone in your body. But you can still learn to relax, feel safe inside of yourself, take up an athletic exercise for your own well-being. Who cares if you aren't bursting with nervous energy like a squirrel or never become a famous Olympian? Squirrels learn by imitating, like humans do, and you can always go to your inner Olympian before building your athletic confidence. Check out this article below on my blog if you'd like to. Additionally, many of you know that Gandhi, who gave up his privilege, stood up to the British Empire and India's caste system at that time. Also, Siddhartha Gautama, a.k.a. the Buddha, left his father's empire that was set up to protect him from suffering, and then he subsequently gave up his privilege to awaken his inner light and know his higher self. There are risks inherent in living a life with purposeful attention that is in alignment with the living moment. To trade that for fame, fortune, and complacent personal contentment is a choice wrought with victimhood. That's why the oppressor suffers just as much, if not more than the oppressed. It's a heavy cross to carry when you defend the status quo of an oppressive regime. At the end of the day, it's a lose-lose situation, even though the illusion shows winners and losers and justification for that paradigm. Furthermore, in the film The Trotsky, the main character plays the role of high school student who believes he is the reincarnation of Leon Trotsky, the late Russian revolutionary. In the film, this Canadian youth, inspires his school peers in a way that moves beyond their boredom and apathy into the self-evident truth that school doesn't have to suck and that the student empowerment is a real possibility. In a nutshell, the students in the film move from being sheeple to empowered youth in a pro-social power through legitimate means way. You know, the only kind of power that is sustainable vis-a-vis an externally inspired prompting but internally directed fruition. Interestingly, some cultures have a common language and shared stories about reincarnation. Basically, the idea is that our souls are real and are recycled as part of its evolutionary process. While this process can be accelerated in a single lifetime, because of the way of the established paradigm is right now, the precedent has been set up to take many lifetimes for a soul's personal growth and transformation to take place. But the flowering of consciousness taking root on the planet right now is flipping the script and all that. Perhaps you have lived as a member of a different gender or race in another lifetime. This could leave you feeling more empathic to the plight of the people who remind you of your old self, or could paradoxically leave you feeling entitled today. Past lives matter. Do you have memories of your soul having experiences in other forms? Furthermore, A spiritual perspective that aligns with the human potential movement and a general social work perspective understands that basic needs or equal access to concrete resources supports other areas of psychological growth and self-actualization. If human beings are encouraged to harness our strengths, recognize our blind spots, explore what we are passionate about and what builds their resiliency, then before long, they want to be a, a good ally to support others in having this equality of life. Is this social engineering? Yeah, but only in a more mindful, meditative, positive, self-talk kind of light. Just imagine the possibilities without Berlin walls, glass ceilings, ethnic cleansing, weapons of mass destruction, or fixed ideas that inhibit connections between new neuronal pathways. When we rework our DNA with plasticity of the mind, we open up to new ways of doing things a relaxation of attachments to conventional boxes in cognition, and emotional reactions to our ingrained repetitions. In this space, we observe a calming down of thought forms, manifesting as verbal and physical escalations and behavioral traps, respectively. What is more, brain science reveals a false dichotomy about trying to differentiate between the brain-body in much the same way as we try to do between mental health and health. You can see this misunderstanding happen in compartmentalized cultures here in the US. The reason that meditation is good medicine is that it literally rewires the brain towards equilibrium so that we can respond to our emotions effectively. Daily practice is a general workout that exercises our social skills because the rehearsal pays off. Self-awareness is knowing our triggers ahead of time. When we lean into our pain and then shift our focus towards peaceful, calming thoughts and mindful breathing, we are putting the spotlight on our emotional centers in a positive way. Can you become more connected in a way where you could tune into sensing a feeling, a sense of ease or unease? For example, might you ask yourself some reflective questions like, am I needing to rest, take care of myself in a way that I haven't? Or am I congruent with my values at this moment? Personally, I like to think of the children's story, the little engine that could for an inspirational friendly reminder. It helps me stay on track and not run out of steam, if you'll pardon the pun. Many of my students and coworkers have good bullshit detectors. As such, they know the difference between those that fake self-confidence, we've all done it, versus those who have developed a realistic self-confidence. And given that we humans have the ability for pretending, we can all learn to fake it till we make it. Along the way, we can see ourselves standing in our own personal authority by growing roots in the living moment. But beyond a sense of entitlement is a, fit, a value attached to taking ownership for awaking our personal and collective power. This can happen through currency or any energetic exchange like barter, bartering. Reciprocity isn't about the old egoic state of I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine mentality. Rather, it's an evolutionary step into and coming from our higher selves that embodies win-win situations. Be kind to your mind when recognizing that there have been abusive matriarchies in place in human history where men have been subjugated. Where do you think the fear of feminine yin energy or women's power came from? Whether realized or not, men have been programmed, as we all have, to to have a fear of feminine power, albeit connection to this fear is often unrecognized and can play out in silly Facebook wars, cyberbullying experiences, and in-person interactions. Of course, this can also occur in transracial and cross-cultural communication, too. So it stands to reason that if suddenly, magically overnight, the LGBTQ and BIPOC identified groups were to be in the majority and in control of the hierarchical power structure, we would not be living in a utopian Shangri-La. Keep in mind that it was Hugh Hefner's vision of the Playboy Mansion. You can see how sustainable that vision worked out, if you can appreciate the sarcasm. Finally, In our civil rights teamwork, our students often freely initiate conversations organically. Because we initiate guidelines early on, they rarely need to be redirected to follow the rules of maintaining communication that embodies dignity and respect. For example, in a recent meeting, they initiated a healthy conversation about the respective astrological signs. During that conversation, we had an animated discussion about how you can take 10 people from the same race, ethnicity, ancestry, or cultural background who all look similar on the surface, but who all have different astrological signs meaning diverse orientations intrinsically. Like personality characteristics that are unique to the individual, a person's astrological sign reflects their uniqueness and diversity on a deeper level, yet we all share the common tapestry of our humanity. Diversity and unity. Remember that we are all mostly water in form, but on a deeper level we are formless yet luminous energetic beings. Recognition of this does not discount our diverse expressions of form. If anything, we should honor those differences as we highlight our unity. Take care of yourselves, everyone. Ari